Change you filthy animal. Oh, man. Yeah. Mom! Mom! <laughs> so, so perfect. So I wanted that movie to be real so bad. I know. So I could oh, go and watch man. it as an adult. Yeah. And it's not. It's not a real movie. It's not. No. One day they'll have secrets. One day they'll have dreams. Yeah. Let's catch it. The Shadow Knows. You're doing that? Your brother would have shot himself by now. What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you. There it is. Greetings. Magnum. Holy moly. Oh, that time. Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. Jeez, I guess. Dear God. It's beautiful. Don't look. Listen. Welcome Home to the Alone. Icy Pop Podcast, oh, where four brothers, <laughs> Joshua, Nathan, Taylor, and Curtis, discuss why they love a particular movie, in case you forgot about it. Alright, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I done messed it up. Okay, uh, Home Alone, 1990, directed by Chris Columbus. The studio was 20th Century Fox. And notable actors include Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, and John Hurd. This beloved family follows eight-year-old Kevin McAllister Culkin, who is accidentally left behind when his family flies to Paris for their Christmas vacation. What else could we be forgetting? Kevin! Kevin initially relishes being home alone, but soon has to defend his house. This is my house. I have to defend it against two bomb bumbling burglars harry and marv harry where the hell did you take your shoes off why the hell are you dressed like a chicken using his wits and a series of ingenious booby traps kevin strives to keep the burglar at bay or burglars at bay until his family realizes they've forgotten him and rushes home uh, home alone became an instant classic renowned for its heartwarming narrative humor and culkin's iconic performance Say goodnight, kevin Good night, Kevin. It was a massive box office success. It's very cheap. Spawning sequels and becoming synonymous with holiday movie viewing. The film's influence extends into pop culture and the genre of family comedies, often referenced and parodied in various media. Nice. All right. <laughs> Wanted to play the main credits for us? Just get us jazzed. Larry, can you pick up? There's some oh. lady on hold. Sounds kind of hyper. What line, Rose? Uh, two... Family crisis intervention, Sergeant Balzac. I'm calling from Paris. I have a son who's home alone. Has a child been involved in a violent altercation with drunken and or mentally ill member of his immediate family? Look what you did, you little jerk. Kevin, I'm going to feed you to my tarantula. No. Has he been involved in a household accident? I Did I get him? Did I get him? Where is it? Where is it? Down here, you big horse's ass. Never mind, did you get him? How do you like it, huh? I don't know. I don't. I. I, I hope not. Where are you, you little creep? I'm up here, you morons. You guys give up, or you're thirsty for more.
Man. Ah. You ever, so, the music makes this movie, I think. Oh, yeah. You ever like listen to yeah. something like that and pretend like you're conducting? I don't know how to conduct an orchestra, but I, <laughs> I do it anyway. Uh, sometimes. I don't know if it's necessarily with movie scores and stuff. but um, it's another What one does those, this movie uh, have right off scenes. the bat, though? Great opening scene. What, Nathan? I said, uh, what does this movie have right off the bat that we know... We've already discussed in the other podcasts. Oh, that, oh. yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is the, the title sequence? Yes, the title sequence with a whole like showing of the name, like just bits and pieces until uh, you see the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which probably yeah, is one of the reasons why it's such cool. a great movie. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it pulls you in instantly. <clears throat> With the opening Me and Taylor seem crawl. to be on like the same wavelength, but we also are Every talking time. at the same time. <laughs> Every time we go to speak, it's a, the same time. Oh, <laughs> and it's okay. about the same stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love think we were related or something. You would think yeah, that. Like we had something in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so. music's so good. I have a, a bunch of clips that, uh, of music that we can play. We don't have to talk about it right now, but but I'm ready. I'm geared up. I would like to start out, though, with asking you guys a question. Okay. okay. All right. We've all seen this movie lots and lots of times. Probably every year, somebody, like at one point, we watch it before Christmas, right? Or we catch it on right. TV or yeah. whatever. So we've all seen this movie. So I tried to watch it thinking about it a little bit different this time. But one thing that I wanted to ask you guys is, in this movie, who is your favorite character? Oh, um, dang it. I've, I thought about writing down about my favorite characters off the top of my head. I want to say, uh, old man Marley and the Santa Claus guy that gives him the Tic Tacs besides the obvious yeah. choices. See, yeah. what I'll say is like, it's different for me. Like as a, as a kid, it was Kevin, right? Uh, uh, yeah, right. obviously. But now... I think it's John Candy's character. Oh, he's great. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Is that your answer too, Nathan? No. Uh, actually, I'm going to go with um, with Harry, or with uh, Marv. Marv. Sorry. Yeah. And I don't uh, know if Joe that's because I've been told that I... No, sorry. Harry. Oh, Harry, yeah. Yeah. I said it right the first time, but... Joe yeah. Pesci's character? He's just... No. No. <laughs> the Daniel Stern... <laughs> What That's is his Mark. name? Is that he is Harry Mark. He's Marv. He's Marv. You got it right. Man. Okay, it's you Mark. were right the first yeah. time. Yeah. Curtis. I was right the first, second time. God, dang it. Yeah. Damn. Um, I just like his, like, stupidity, I guess. I don't know, like... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. He's good. He's a lovable, like, like idiot, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I like... Harry... I don't want to step on your toes of things you were going to say. I was just going to say things I like about him is like he, uh, when they're talking about houses that they can rob and oh, he's yeah. telling about, uh, you know, Kevin's house and he's like toys. <laughs> like We got that clip. <laughs> you should play that clip. Oh yeah. Here we go. Where is that? Oh. <laughs> and that's the one Marvin. That's the silver tuna. Oh, it's very G. Gee, huh? It's loaded. 
It's got lots of top flight goods, stereos, VCRs, toys. <laughs> Probably looking at some very fine jewelry, <laughs> possible cash hoard, odd marketable securities. Who knows? It's a gem. <laughs> What is the silver tuna? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. I made that a note. Silver tuna. Yeah, so did I. I don't what know. does that mean? I don't know, but I like Did anybody look it yeah. up? I'll look it up right now. Uh, I didn't. Silver tuna. So that's, I like that he, he's afraid of the dark and he likes toys, but. Yeah, like the one thing he contributes well, in that scene is toys. Yeah. <laughs> so and good. it's very G. It's very like, G. What does that mean? Yeah. According to um, Urban Dictionary, it says it's an object that is better than all the other ones in its category. But it says that it it kind of comes from Home Alone, so it might be hmm. original well, to Home Alone. I mean, I wow. I knew like I got what it meant without knowing what it meant, or even if it right. was a thing. So it's pretty good. So I can see that. Yeah. I wonder if a nice. silver tuna was like a rare kind of tuna that you could catch. But it's not it's a silver so tuna. It's a silver tuna. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so he's your favorite, huh, Nathan? Yeah, just because he's like, I mean, obviously in the movies you got to have like comic relief. And this has multiple comic reliefs, but I feel like he's the main comic relief. Uh-huh. Yeah, he well, really sells like like the in the plot synopsis that you read. He really is the one that brings life to the bumbling part of the bumbling burglars. <laughs> like, yeah. Harry is is not the smartest, uh, you know, thing. Yeah. I was mix. I was about to mix up too many metaphors there, and then I tripped over my own tongue. <laughs> but uh, Marv <laughs> is the one that embodies that absolute idiocy, coupled with physical comedy. I mean, it's it's. Right. And his yeah. his his vocal performances in addition to his physicality is amazing. Yeah, we will get to that mm. later. <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah. a pretty iconic scream. That's, yes. That's true. Uh, oh. Has then, he done vocal performances in other movies, Josh? Or are you just talking about in this movie? Really like... Just this one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm picking up what you're trying to think. Down. What other movies he's in? I know I've seen him in well, something else, but I can't remember what it was. I don't know. He's had a lot of like smaller roles, I think. Um, there was a TV show that I watched recently. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Where he was like the father in it. And I was like, oh. oh. Yeah. Um, According to IMDb, he was in City Slickers. I'd never seen that. Okay. The Wonder Years TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, the show I'm thinking of is it's called Shrill. Huh. He's like the main character's um, father. So the main character is uh, uh, Aidy Bryant from SNL. Oh, I love her. She's so funny. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty funny show. But yeah, he's her dad in it. Okay. And I was just like, oh, because I hadn't really seen him or anything. But funnily enough, we were just talking about the next three days. He's in the next three days, and I was like, hey. What? It's Mars. That's funny. Yeah, he's he's the lawyer oh. that that uh, Russell Crowe meets with, and it's like basically ends up thinking like, "You don't believe that I can get her like exonerated," and basically like stomps out. He's like <laughs> he's a pretty good dramatic actor too, right? I mean, him and Joe Pesci, obviously. Yeah, 
I feel I, yeah. I vaguely remember he was good in that movie. I don't remember thinking he was bad. And I was like, oh, hey, that's the guy from Home Alone, which mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the Home Alone or it's like the um, Dumb and Dumber thing. They Jeff Daniels isn't a comedic actor, but having him in the movie across from Jim Carrey, you know, they're balancing out the cast with people who can right. really act. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it adds the validity to the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Let me steer us back to this movie for a moment. When I rewatched it this week, I was noticing, for whatever reason, uh, Harry's costume. He's dressed up as a policeman in the house and everything is chaotic. Mm-hmm. And there's some great lines in there, too. I think we do oh, have a clip yeah. of that that we can play in a second. But I... I was looking at his uniform and I was like, that doesn't look like a very convincing police uniform to me. <laughs> but, I, but, you know, there was actual police officers in this movie. They, they yes. used actual police officers. And I didn't pay attention to their uniform to see if it was similar enough or not. But I, now that I, I did. About it, I'm going to have to look. So okay. when they when they send the policeman to check on Kevin later in the movie, his uniform is exactly the same as what harry's wearing at the beginning oh okay Uh, so he did his homework so he did his homework which i was like oh i have a note i like that they are actually smart sometimes and actually menacing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they are very clever like one of the things that i noticed was later on in the movie um like not super later on but later on when they're in their plumber van right Mm mm-hmm so it's um, okay plumbing and heating or something like that. Now, I made a note of this. Do you think that they are actually plumbers that just rob? I was wondering or that too. Do you too. think that that Maybe. is their van that they just like use as like their vehicle for sneaking into places, into neighborhoods and stuff without looking suspicious? I would say probably not because they probably, unless they owned the business they wouldn't own the van so it'd be like where did you take the van this weekend well if, yeah if it was a if it was like they own the business it's just yeah the if they owned, owned it then yeah maybe they don't actually like, do any plumbing anyway yeah well, or maybe, maybe they, they were plumbers the but, or whatever or maybe that's why marv likes to stuff people's sinks yeah that's what i was gonna say that's maybe that's why the wet bandits things Maybe, but see, that <laughs> would also that be connection. stupid too, because they're plumbers in a neighborhood, and then all of a sudden there's like all these houses that have been robbed and, and flooding. They've all been flooded, <laughs> and they're yeah, like, "Yeah, hey, I saw true. the okay plumbers there." <laughs> it'd be more like screwing I mean, over like home restoration crews, and, and Harry notices it right away. You know? Yeah. Right. Uh, that's funny yeah he calls him out on it and then the policeman who arrests them at the end said now we know all the places you guys hit (laughs) and he's like don't remember don't forget though we're the wet bandits yeah Uh, so oh josh so did you have anything else about the i can play that clip uh go ahead and play the play the clip Pardon me, are your parents home? Yeah, but they don't live here. Tracy, did you order the pizza? I did. Excuse me, miss. Are your parents here? My parents live in Paris, sorry. Hi. Hi. Are your parents home? Yeah. Do they live here? No. No. Why should they? All kids, no parents. Probably a fancy orphanage. 
That's awesome. That's so good. Oh, of course. Not. So, <laughs> with it. Um, one thing I noticed about this movie, watching it this time, was how incredible the writing was in this movie. Like, as Do you mean the dialogue? That, yeah, the dialogue and like just how it all fits together. It's really witty. You know, it's well timed. Um, yeah. Yeah, like um, it's well delivered, like by by everybody. This movie was written by John Hughes, um, mm-hmm. who who also wrote some really good films, including National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't know that, that one. I knew Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Breakfast Club. Oh. Was it the Breakfast Club? John Hughes is like he's like the like. Quintessential like the... like 80s, 90s, yeah. teenage yeah, movies. Yes. You know? So now it all makes sense. That's probably why it's so good. And also, yeah. um, his movies are also very heartwarming, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, John Hughes wrote this script, and he had previously worked with John Candy and Macaulay Culkin on Uncle Buck, which I haven't seen, but I really want to. Oh, that's a good movie. So when they were casting macaulay culkin john hughes told the director and his casting director like maybe you should take a look at macaulay culkin because he's he was really good in my movie and um he didn't like say yes right away because he didn't want to take the first thing but he said after like 400 kids tested he realized there was nobody like him like he was a veritable true movie star he was funny and he was and he was cute and he was a great actor and he had like good comedic timing and stuff. And uh Yeah. I yeah. saw I saw that same thing is that that they wrote it specifically for Macaulay Culkin, but then Chris Columbus wanted to audition yeah. more than just him, but it was like, Yeah, he's the right one. Yeah. It's like uh Harrison Ford with um Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's speaking to that to go on a little tangent so i also <clears throat> i was watching this making of and the casting director was talking about him her name is janet hold on janet hershenson and she said with the wrong kid it would have felt obnoxious and i was thinking case in point i saw like 10 minutes of home alone 4 one time and that was <laughs> so obnoxious <laughs> he's like <laughs> yeah let, let me you know, know what I'm talking about. throw a bone for like, home alone up. 3 which is actually quite good yeah home alone 3 yeah. is great <laughs> i'm saying home alone 4 and beyond stop making them and if you're gonna make them Please stop listen to janet hershenson when she says with the wrong kid it would have felt obnoxious that's a good point What's funny is that we all love Home Alone 3. Like, Kaylee was here for Thanksgiving, and she talked about how much she loved that movie, too. And Mom and Dad, but my kids do not like Home Alone 3. I haven't all. come across really? many people who do, honestly, besides us. So, Home Alone 3 <laughs> is awesome. The yes. The four capers in that one are a great Iconic. cast. <laughs> you smacked my winky. <laughs> but it's yeah, also... An early Scarlett Johansson film. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that, yep. that movie is great. Um, so one other thing I wanted to mention about this. So um, 
Christopher Columbus directed this movie, right? And they, in the making of, they were talking about how incredible he was with kids, like working with kids, with Macaulay Culkin in particular, and like getting out of child actors the performances that he wanted, but they were still having a good time and they were still having fun, which also they said was one of the reasons they think his performance was so good is because he was having fun and he was kind of cantankerous and, you know, he was having fun in between shots and stuff. But anyway, I know that they chose him for Harry Potter for the same reason. They knew that he would be able to handle a cast of kids and they would still be able to be kids and they would have fun. And then that magic would come across on the screen. And the same casting director casted that movie. I was just about to add that. Yep. I just looked it up and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I was, I was like, I wonder if the same lady cast the movie, you know? And yep. Okay, so there it is. Yeah. So I thought right. that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm like, well, that make that is one thing that made this movie timeless. And like, I don't think Harry Potter would have gotten to where it was if they hadn't cast who they cast, you know? And it started with the magic that was the first two movies. And that's like right. uh, also evident in this movie. So to Sorry, go along to with what I've... What I brought up about how well this movie was written, mm-hmm. um, the script is is good, but also just like um, this opening scene, you know, it starts out with him dressed in the cop uniform at this house, which is absolute chaos, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing that was really good about this opening scene was that it basically gave the character development for almost everybody in the movie. Like you got a really good sense of who each of these characters are like pretty fast with this yeah. opening scene. You're I right. Mean, you get Kevin, you get his mom, you get his dad, his brother, uncle his Frank, other brother, his sister, <laughs> uncle Frank, my brother's house. He'll pay for it. It's my brother's house. He'll take care of it. But you get such great character development really fast. And like, yeah. it, it's not like one of, like we've talked about it before in, other, in like movies about how they like really good, written or really well written movies don't have to make it obvious like to get like to make the character development they don't have they don't make it obvious that that's what they're doing you know it's just right. naturally like... happening and this movie is definitely that that's a good point so well, yeah uh... you're right nathan i've heard that like good, good movies point. show rather than tell yeah. i didn't think mm-hmm. about that though that's a good point what one thing from the opening portion there that i thought was funny is the pizza guy delivering. We see his car on approach. And I don't know if it's just me being an adult now. I'm Charlie, we're the leaving the house at 8 a.m. on the bus. Frank, you got some money, don't you? Come on. Traveler's chair. tires look like they're really worn down. Like, he, he's not taking good care of his car. <laughs> That's why he's having such a hard time. But it also made so much sense, because, like, he's a teenager. You know, he's, he's just... It, yeah. At that era, you know, teenagers would just drive their cars into the ground. And so I was like, oh, this is like, this is historically accurate. Yeah. Does it have to be just teenagers? <laughs> well, I was four of us have delivered pizza, haven't we? I freaking <laughs> we all have. have bald tires on my car right now. And I definitely I'm had bald tires. And I'm like, when I, don't I was really need to get pizza. some new tires. Oh, speaking of pizza, uh, the amount. 
me being who I am and studying what I study. Yeah. I thought this is 1990 and they ordered $112 worth of pizzas. 120. <clears throat> right? Yeah, it was I, I don't know. 12 yeah, pizzas at $12. Or sorry, 10 pizzas at $12. 122 plus tip. Yeah. 122 for pizza? plus tip. That's what I was yeah. like. I'm like, that's a That's expensive. Yeah, I thought that's yeah. pizzas, like, though. $12 like for a pizza in 1990? Yeah. So the, uh, the buying power equivalency for that amount would be uh, $285.60. Holy cow. Where did yeah, seriously, little Nero's must be like the pizza joint. But I have ordered pizza from them before too, or later on in the movie as well. So it's like probably the pizza place. That's what I'm saying. They must be really good if they can charge that much for pizza. (laughs) I thought I thought I heard once that pizza used to used to be more expensive not all that long ago. Huh. And then it sort of has been like streamlined because people didn't want to pay that much for their pizza anymore. But it used to be so like, well, Caesars. it's your full meal, so like, yeah. uh, it's gonna feed everybody. And then like little like companies like Little Caesars came in and were like, well, you can we can we'll do it for five dollars. And so I yeah. think it sort of drove the price down. I I don't know. That's I might be speculating, point. but I thought I read that one time. I could see mm-hmm. it. But yeah bringing up uncle frank (laughs) it's my brother's house he'll take care of it like right away you see oh this guy's a cheapskate and he's just looking to get everything for free Mm -hmm. or right and you see that several times throughout the movie oh yeah the next scene his wife's like frank you have the money don't you and he's like traveler's Traveler's check (laughs) then let's see what else does he say on the plane he yeah, asks these are, these are real silver yeah that's yeah. uh that's real crystal put them in your purse that's real that's real crystal yeah. it's real so? put them in your purse yeah put them in your purse and then the like, champagne, champagne it's free, free? right Fill it up, please. Fill it up, fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. And then, uh, if it makes you feel any better, I forgot my reading glasses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. What an idiot. Like, he does so a funny. really good job of making you hate him in this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. You just you just want to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. Well, I love in Home Alone 2 when he says to Kevin, he says, what is it exactly? Like you better not screw up this trip. Your your father paid good money for this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and he's this. So this movie, the it's not Kevin's dad who's paying for the trip. It's the guy who lives in Paris. But I was just oh. thinking, like these poor brothers. Like <laughs> two of them are obviously very successful, and then they have this one that's just a freeloader. <laughs> <laughs> Always getting stuff for yeah. free. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is this is really random, but in the movie, at one point, Kevin, you get to see a picture of his family, like his immediate family, mm-hmm. and he kisses it and puts it under his pillow. That's cute. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that one, right? Or that part? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, anyway, I I paused on it because I was like, I didn't pause it first. I was like, wait a second. I rewound and paused on it, and I realized that. Kevin has 
Let me see. It's like he has a lot two of two other siblings, I think. Yeah, there's five and, kids in the family. Yeah, and I was the the girl who says less incompetent. Uh, she's mm-hmm. his sister. There's yep. like a younger girl with there's red such hair. A disease, there's, Kevin. There's a the boy with red hair, and then there's um, and then there's Buzz, there's obviously. Yeah. yeah, Buzz. And I was like, why have I never known that he had all those siblings? Like, I that's true. I guess because they focus just on Buzz. I was like, he has three other siblings. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've I've never known whose kids are who. I know that Fuller is his cousin, and that was and Bo- yeah. Buzz was his brother. That was it. Which ironically, so, Fuller is his brother Buzz, in real life. Yeah, Fuller is his little brother, <laughs> which I think is so funny. And he looks exactly yeah. like Jonathan looked at that age. Oh, I Does know. He? I remember. <laughs> oh man. So speaking of Buzz. Have you noticed like his his insults and stuff that he does for Kevin? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Flem-wad. when Kevin walks in the room, he's like, "Don't you know how to knock Flemwad?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wouldn't let yeah. you sleep in my room if you, if you were growing on my ass. <laughs> oh. Uh, also, the kid that Buzz is talking to, he's asking him about France. I realize on this time around. The brother who lives in France has two kids that are still going to school in America. The one introduces herself to the cop. She's like, my parents live in France. Mm-hmm. And then that's the other kid of the okay. brother that lives in France because that's why Buzz is asking him if French chicks don't shave their pits and if they have nude beaches. And how is Buzz going to know that? <laughs> well, no, Buzz is asking the kid who whose dad lives in France. Oh, Okay. He's probably heard it though. Like he heard that nude beaches are a thing in in Europe, maybe, and he's like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not in the uh-huh. winter. Mm-hmm. So oh, we have man. the clip where yeah. he tells the story about old man Marley, and I wanted to include it because I think Buzz is actually a gifted storyteller, That's and true. the way he uses his voice mm-hmm. is just perfection. Also, the, the the kid that you're referring to, Curtis, his mm-hmm. voice cracks, mm-hmm. and it's just so funny. <laughs> At the perfect time, just to really, yeah. just really, they're such believable teenagers. Really sell how terrified he is. Yeah, they are here. Check it out, old man Marley. Who is he? You ever heard of the South Bend Shovel Slam? No. That's him. Back in 58, murdered his whole family and half the people on his block with the snow shovel. Been hiding out in this neighborhood ever since. Well, if he's a shovel slayer, how come the cops don't arrest him? Not enough evidence to convict. They never found the bodies. But everyone around here knows he did it. Now, it'll just be a matter of time before he does it again. What's he doing now? He walks up and down the streets every night, salting the sidewalks. Maybe he's just trying to be nice. <laughs> no way. <laughs> See that garbage can full of salt? That's where he keeps his victims. The salt turns the bodies into mummies. Oh, man. <laughs> One of the other things I love about 
<laughs> that yeah. scene is how much Kevin believes him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would. It, it's clear that yeah. he looks up to his older brother, even though he gets frustrated by him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't the last yeah, he, person he on his list him. when he was asking Santa to bring his family back, which I thought was notable. It was Frank. And who Uncle was? Frank was. It was Uncle yeah. Frank, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which when I was a kid, that would have been like Uncle Jeff or <laughs> Uncle Garth, which that is not to say that they were mean. It's that I was a kid and I was afraid of... Because <laughs> they were like sarcastic yeah. and I didn't understand what sarcasm was. So I thought they just didn't <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. Um... So some other things that I wanted to notice in that first scene is after Kevin gets sent up to the attic um, to go to bed, which I really think that Kevin was kind of not like he was justified in what he did. Like everybody was kind of treating him like garbage. Oh, yeah. And even like the mom. Oh, yeah. She was being a jerk. She's really rude to him. Yeah. Really, really rude. Like. But he goes up to the attic, and I had to take a look at the decor in the attic. And for one, that attic was sweet. Like, I would oh, love yeah. that to be my room. All I would the time. chill up there more than I would be in any well, other part of the house. Well, the attic space may be cool. It looks so freaking weird. The uh, different yeah. items they have up there. Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed that. Just what did storage. you see right above the bed up there? A flag. Did any of you notice? Yeah, the flag. The Chicago flag. And really? Yeah. The police also had the Chicago flag or flag as a badge on their shoulder or on their arm, um, well, and it just reminds me of the flag TED talk. That's that what I, I was gonna say. Watched because they Chicago really has such a great flag. flag. Yeah, because yeah. it's a great yeah. flag, they display it everywhere. And this was back in the '90s, you know. Yeah. Like it's cool and, to see that, but have you guys seen that video, Josh and Taylor? I have not. I have not. Well, no. it's pretty fantastic. Imagine my surprise when I watch it like 10 years ago or something. And the guy gets to the end of the video and he says, do you want to know what the worst city flag in America is? According to the National Vexillological Association, which is just flag design or something. Pocatello, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they redesigned the flag. Because this guy got on yeah, a TED Talk and bashed how bad Pocatello, Idaho's flag was. I just can't believe there's not one that's worse than that, you know, like... Yeah. I, yeah, I believe that it's way down Perhaps there. Perhaps. Like, what? I yeah. need a bone to pick. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, you'll just have to watch the TED Talk about it. Um, it's really interesting. Instead of getting into into it too much here. But I thought that was awesome that, like, the uh, flag was displayed so much detail. in the movie. Yeah, that is cool. Well, John Here's, Hughes, oh. most of his movies take place in Chicago. And they actually and cast was, from Chicago. And I was going to say, there's a lot of Christmas movies that take place in Chicago, actually. Yeah, that's true. It seems to be like, it seems to be like the place, like the Santa Claus is in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that Jingle All the Way is in Chicago. Um, I can see it. There's, there are probably others. I don't know. It seems to be like the, the Christmas. Christmas location. Vacation is set yeah. outside of Chicago, I think, as well. Yes, exactly. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, I already missed one. That one is actually filmed in California, the house. Right. But this one actually was filmed on Lincoln Street. Yeah, like it actually puts it 
in like the special thanks at the end it says thanks to the residents of Lincoln Street. Yeah, the the town the name that they set the movie in is made up, but the street and the house are real. They even use the house's address. He says six seventy one. Harry does, and that's the address huh. of the house. Here, here are the uh, here are some other movies, Christmas movies set in Chicago: Christmas Chronicles, Holiday, Office Christmas Party, Christmas with the Cranks, uh, uh, A Bad Mom's Christmas, Fred Claus, Happy Christmas. I have no idea who decided that that is the location. <laughs> I guess <laughs> so. Apparently, it is. That's awesome. And Home Alone Three. Interesting detail. Yeah, Home Alone Three. Yeah. Oh, nice. The uh, speaking of the house, the exterior shots were shot uh, at the house, um, and a few interior shots, including like the the opening scene with the stair staircase and the living room, and then the rest was shot in a local abandoned high school where they built a two story set in. Oh, which I wow. was interesting. interesting. So they did nice. actually use some of the interior of the the house. It is a really big house. I think it just wasn't big enough to have all the crew. And the cast, like the big cameras and everything. Sure. Because it's like a 5,400 square foot house. Oh, monster. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome house. Like, I don't know what Kevin's dad does for a living. I think he's a lawyer or something, right? Uh huh. I, I can't I remember. Know. Anyways, but I was wondering, and it, like from the stuff that's in the house, I think Kevin's mom actually designs clothing. Oh. That would make sense. Hmm. I remember seeing like there's, a bust or something. Yeah, there's mannequins all or, over yeah, in yeah. like yeah. the basement and in the bedroom. That and there's be like really sewing machines. really scary to walk into your basement with a bunch of mannequins. Yeah, that's true actually. Yeah. There's a sewing machine in their room and then there's also another one in the basement. Also all the mannequins. And like he uses the mannequins later to like make it look like there's a party going on in the house, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That would be an inordinate I think that she amount. does something yeah, can, with, like, clothing yeah, design, that. but... Huh. That makes sense. That's an Which Chicago detail. would be a good place for that because it's a big yeah. city. Yeah. You know, lots of office buildings and stuff, so... Nice. Yeah. Well, we but, were talking about Old Man Marley, and I just learned this fact. Um, he was added by, by Christopher Columbus, who thought that the film needed a stronger dose of sentimental sentimentality i can't say that word but sentimentality. Um, he wasn't apparently sentimentality there we go he wasn't originally in the screenplay apparently he um was added just just that um for that reason columbus wanted something a little more like heartwarming yeah. so i i wrote that interesting well. touch yeah i like it i do too it really makes uh it really rounds out the movie and there's some like comical moments when he's talking to him in the church mm-hmm uh-huh. It's you know get, you get some more character development from from uh, Kevin as well you know uh huh yeah like how like, he's Kevin like... is a smart kid yeah very like, intuitive he's yeah he's very like um, mature mm-hmm. and logical thinking like he's also very witty like when his mom takes him upstairs she's like go upstairs and he's like I am upstairs dummy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like oh you mean the attic it's scary up there you know but like Uh yeah he says a lot of good lines yeah and like he he does a lot of smart things in the movie too like obviously the booby traps and stuff but like even other stuff like 
Yeah, shopping. I noticed. I I never noticed until this store, time watching it. Com- but coupon. he knew to hide among yeah. the nativity characters <laughs> yeah. when he first runs away from their van. I didn't realize the end when uh, he goes into the other house. I thought that old man Marley was just like I don't know walking around and heard something going on, but. He lives next door. Kevin was smart and he knew that he could go to his house because he knew he was like the only neighbor that was home. He wasn't like off well, traveling for the holidays. That's why that, he was in that house. That actually wasn't his house though. It wasn't? No, because that was one that they had burglarized. Oh, you're right. the basement was flooded. No, he actually said when he called the police, he's like, hello, this is so-and-so. My house is being burglarized. Yeah. He gave him the address of the neighbor's house his neighbor oh you're right so it wasn't yeah. his house oh well i got that wrong no, but but how did old man marley not see these like robbers well like, i mean if he salts the sidewalks and stuff yeah that's probably what happened he just saw them and ran to help but how many mm-hmm. times did they run outside like fall down the stairs you know like all sorts of stuff before they finally made it into the house right like it's a spread out I mean, neighborhood. It's a he big was, house. He's an old guy. He's probably yeah. asleep. I mean, for as smart as Kevin is, <laughs> like he should have just called the police when the robbers were like at the house. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is uh, I didn't realize this, but the storm at the beginning, very excellent use of like a plot device. It knocks out the alarm clocks, which sets the and the telephone lines and the telephone lines. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I didn't ever realize that. That's why they can't call Kevin. That's why they had yeah. to send the policeman to his house because he can't call anybody and they can't call him. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, he doesn't know. I never, if, I never knew that. If it's been fixed or not at any point. Yeah. He just knows speaking, he can't call. Speaking of, I, I noticed the actual tree branch falling onto the cables and the sparks this time. And it made me wonder how they did that effect. I'm mm-hmm. sure it wasn't an actual power line. Yeah. But it was very convincing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was probably a real effect some kind of, of some kind. Fireworks, you know? yeah. Yeah. Just like in a controlled environment where they, they can have like a surge of power and it so, won't actually cause any damage. You know those things that like you pull apart and they like pop? You know, those like firecrackers for like popping on New Year's Eve or whatever. You know, you pull on them and they make a pop and they I shoot confetti or whatever. On them. I know the ones you throw uh-huh. at the ground. Yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm sure just, it's real. It's probably got. It's got to be one of those. Like you pull the wire out, you know, and it just shoots sparks or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> so in the well, interest Nathan, of, oh, I was gonna say in the interest of time. Yeah. Uh, do you want to share a few points each of us that we liked to get to, maybe more significant parts of the movie? like plot wise or how do you, how do you all want to proceed? Um, I don't know. Well, there was lots of things that I noted, like this movie, I took so many notes watching it and I don't know, like everybody, when they watch this movie or when they reference this movie, they talk about the, the stuff that happens to the bad guys, all the booby traps. Like that's a main part of the movie. Um, but like there's certain funny things in the movie that are a reoccurring theme that I really enjoyed watching this time. Like the pizza guy pulling up, he knocks over the statue. <laughs> then I noticed when the shuttles showed up the next morning, they had knocked over the statue. Mm-hmm. Right. And then again, the pizza guy knocks over the statue again when he delivers to Kevin. 
And then even the cops, when they came to check on Kevin, knocked over the statue. Like it was on the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't show them picking it up, but it was knocked on the ground again. And I just thought that was funny. That it was like a reoccurring funny theme. Right. Um, I also noticed wide, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, the cars did not fit in the garage. They were parked halfway out of the garage. Like, oh, really? Did they do that on purpose? Like, they couldn't close the garage doors because the cars were in the way. Huh. Um, the basement, the furnace, like, that he's so scared of, <laughs> it, like, has dialogue. Yeah, it does. Like, it actually it speaks. It says, like, Kevin. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you watched um, with the uh, subtitles on? No, but I was, like, paying attention to it because I was like, what sound is it making, you know? And then I noticed it was saying, like, Kevin or something like that. I don't know what the dialogue <laughs> was, but it'd be interesting to see what all it says. But, um, That's funny. But, yeah, I mean, gosh, I, there's no way to get through all my notes, but I just – oh, and one last thing about the pizza guy. Uh, he's driving a Plymouth Horizon. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, Heck nice. Yeah. yeah. And I had a Plymouth Horizon, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I've got a connection yeah. to the movie. It's a good car. And it is a fast car, so I understand why he was slipping all over. <laughs> nice. Well, Nathan, did the Plymouth Horizon have four-wheel drive? No. It was no, just front-wheel drive. The Rabbit did, yeah. though, right? Yeah. No, it was just front-wheel drive, too. Oh, but if you put chains on the Plymouth Horizon, that thing was unstoppable in the snow. So all he needed <laughs> was some chains, and then he would have been all right. Well, he obviously couldn't afford chains. He couldn't even afford tires that were new. (laughs) (laughs) My Toyota Echo, I drove that uh, delivering pizza in California. And when I got married to Kaylee, eventually she looked at my tires and she's like, you need new tires. What the heck are you doing? Like the metal bits are like sticking out of them. You know, like the little metal hairs. The mesh, like, the mesh webbing like, They're fine. in the sidewall. They're not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's just traction. Well, here's here's a few of mine that I'll run through. Um, I really like the, speaking of the pizza guy, I like how he, it's just so socially awkward in my opinion. He's like, oh, nice tip, lady. <laughs> yeah, he's such a dweeb. <laughs> I, I like, I never... In all my years of delivering pizza, I, I just say thank you. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love in the morning when they wake up late, the accelerated montage. It, it only happens a couple times, but it's the, the action is sped up, but it matches the tempo of the music, and it's just fun and adds a little zing to the movie that I think helps make it memorable. Mm-hmm. The kid who comes from across the street and is going through the van, <laughs> bugging the van drivers. Mm-hmm. He goes through their Does stuff. He just good gas mileage. Picks up a camera, takes a Get picture. His name, I wrote down, he is the real villain of this movie. <laughs> what oh, is that, that, hey, fair point. Oh, gosh. I wrote it down. Keep going. Oh, we'll, oh I'll speaking I'll of you. Josh, um, they, that accelerated montage, like it's absolute chaos. But when Kevin wakes up, the house is spotless. Oh, <laughs> yes. There's a theme there. It would too. not be false. Uh, <laughs> Mitch Murphy. Okay. Mitch Murphy. Uh, Mitch Murphy. If he hadn't been so nosy, and like, I doubt he was that involved in looking through this bag that he didn't notice that somebody touched his head. 
in counting other people and like set a number like oh uh i'm not i'm not part of you guys family let me get out of here like what kind of weird kid just like oh yep like if he had just said anything or turned around you know yeah so, yeah, well, all because point, just Mitch Murphy. Yeah. Let's. It's all his fault. The Mitch Murphy Hater Club. C- a couple other quick Anyways. points. Pre 9 11 airport clearance. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. And like, take They're whatever seats available. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, when they first board the plane. Positive, Frank. <laughs> when they first yeah. board the plane, uh, there's this dude, this old guy putting a bin in the overhead compartment. Never noticed before, but he's wearing this atrocious-looking Christmas sweater. Oh, boy. We should get a picture of it. <laughs> and then when uh, when Kevin wakes up, not only is the house clean, but he's wearing pajamas. And when he laid down on the hide bed he was wearing his clothes. Weird. So I don't know if he, like, proactively changed. He's a very well-dressed kid. And then yeah. finally, yeah, uh, of my short list... I love that his idea of freedom when he first realizes that he's home alone is running around the house and just yelling and then eating food mm-hmm. and making a mess. Oh, like, that's his idea of fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Going through Buzz's stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Buzz, I'm going through all your stuff. You better get out and stop me. <laughs> no Speaking of the house being disgusting. immaculately yeah. clean, right? <laughs> After all of the booby traps kevin manages to clean the house and make it spotless right and make yeah. it look yeah like that always happened, killed me except for buzz's room <laughs> it had to be on purpose <laughs> priorities well he probably because he couldn't repair shelves yeah, yeah. Maybe. Right. but he somehow got tar off the downstairs Right, steps. I thought about that too. <laughs> and defrosted the steps to the basement and the front steps. He got help from old man Marley. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty charitable guy. If he walks the streets every night and salts the sidewalks. He that, might be doing them Callister's house. That's insane. What a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a guy. And he, he really is. And he gets such a bad rap too. Yeah. He even knows it too. He mentions the kevin in the church he's like there's some things going around about me like it's not even just like kids that are spreading this rumor it seems like everybody knows it mm-hmm. everybody thinks he's yeah. a murderer which would be horrible or just something not nice about him right mm-hmm. might not yeah. might not be that just they're... doesn't have a great reputation right maybe okay um, curtis Okay, so uh, here's my short list. Let's see. Oh, John Hughes, when he wrote the script, he wrote the physical gags in exquisite detail. So they he didn't just write, and the bad guys get beat up. Like, he wrote what would happen, which I thought was cool. Um, hmm. Macaulay Culkin just got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame yep, the other the day. Catherine Harris yeah. showed up. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, Catherine Harris showed up. Um Let's see. Uh, the cinematographer who had done 27 other films up to this point said this was, or 27 films up to the point they interviewed him for the making of, he said that was his favorite movie he'd ever done. Oh, wow. Um, let's see. The the film, this film was released in Chicago six, day, six days before it was released anywhere else. Um, nice. 
In looking for the house, Christopher Columbus, he said, we needed to cast a house that would work for the stunts and also a house that was visually appealing. And if it, uh, and if this makes sense, warm and menacing at the same time, it's the kind of house. If you were a kid, it would be fun to be left home alone. He snapped a few shots of the dwelling exterior and sent them to John Hughes, who called it perfect and added, this is exactly how I imagined the house. That's the silver tuna. It's a silver tuna. It's very cheap. <laughs> Today, this house is worth $2.4 million. Wow. And in the neighborhood where it is, they get a lot of tourists, obviously, especially around Christmas. And most people that live there actually really enjoy it. And they call it the home alone house. There's a, there's a Lego set of the house. Uh, oh, wow. I think it's like $300. Um, let's see. I think... Oh, this is, I think this is my last point. I always, I've thought this in movies before. Anytime they, they like have a character and they're like, you're so fat, you're so ugly, or like a picture of somebody, right? I'm like, that's kind of mean. And in this movie, I thought the same thing. He looks at Buzz's girlfriend and he's like, Buzz, your girlfriend, Mm -hmm. woof. And I was like, (laughs) who is this girl? Who, like, poor girl. Yeah. Well, actually, um, I found out that um, the, the picture Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend was a picture of a boy made up to look like a girl because director Chris Columbus thought it would be too cruel to make fun of a girl like that. So the boy that was using the photo was the art director's son, Dan Webster's son, which I thought was <laughs> funny. So I was like, oh, he also would think that was mean. Yeah, um, that's cool. Well, he does work with kids and yeah, he knows how he works well. yeah. they can be. Uh, I guess. And then I, I wanted to ask... You guys, because you all have kids, I I imagine I have a better shot with Nathan and Josh than you, Taylor, but have you guys ever accidentally left any of your kids anywhere? <laughs> um, well, we accidentally lost Claire in Disneyland when she was like one and a half. Nice. <laughs> oh. We had sat down on Main Street to get ready for the parade. And we, we had had moved the stroller or something. She might have been a little bit older. She was old enough to to walk, and there were a lot of people around. And I think it was just a situation where everyone else thought someone was watching mm-hmm. the kid. When we came to, which was only like moments later, and realized she was gone, we looked around, and then one of us, I think it was Amanda, went to um, like guest services, and they had uh, one of the workers had come across her and they had her in this area where they keep kids that get lost and she was just sitting there coloring on the table nice <laughs> so it was it was pretty low stakes but yeah i, I had a little <laughs> yeah we had a little moment that would be terrifying well i yeah. accidentally left claire at home one time too so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um i've never left a kid um somewhere um we have and I understand, like, kind of in this situation. I mean, they had a house full of kids, and it was chaos, as you saw. Mm-hmm. Did we Nathan, lose you there? audio? Nathan? I think we might have. We might have lost him. Did his phone die or something? No. Nope. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. My, my phone screen went black. Oh. Um, no, I was going to say, I've never left a kid anywhere, but I think that this movie was well written for the fact that, like, I can see it happening because there's lots of kids there. Mm-hmm. 
they the alarms went off or didn't go off they were in chaos you know she's had one of the kids make sure that everybody was there and that stupid neighbor kid foiled yeah. the plan you know mm-hmm. so yeah but no i've been in situations before where there's been lots of kids around and like zadie who's about the age of kevin mm-hmm. you know, she's second grade has like just gone has left the group or whatever doing something that she thought was perfectly was okay you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're like where the heck is Zadie and then you find her and she's like you know she went with like another kid or like a grandparent or adult or something like that she went with them to do something you know and yeah like it was perfectly okay but like we just didn't know about it you know right and so we were all like terrified for a minute until we found that out <laughs> and it involves, you know, lots of frantic texting. Do you have Zadie or, you know, mm-hmm. but right. never anything like this. Yeah. But knowing how old <laughs> Kevin is in this movie, like there's no way that Zadie, even as smart as she is, would be able to defend her home from criminals. Yeah. If this were to happen. <laughs> That's funny. Well, maybe it would help. If she watched Angels with Filthy Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a good Which, point. Is that the movie that they were watching? Yes. When, yes. <laughs> when uh, Frank was like, well, if Frank says it's bad. It must be real bad. Yeah. Who is it? It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff. Leave it on that doorstep and get the hell out of here. All right, Johnny. But what about my money? What money? AC said you had some dough for me. Fair fact. How much do I owe you? AC said 10%. Too bad AC ain't in charge no more. What do you mean? Guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. He'll call you when he gets out. Hey, I tell you what I'm going to give you, Snakes. I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Oh, man. Mom! Mom! <laughs> so, so perfect. So I good. wanted that movie to be real so bad. I know. So I could oh, go and watch man. it as an adult. Yeah. And it's not. It's not a real movie. It's not. No. In the second Home Alone movie, <laughs> there's another It's like a sequel or movie, something. And it's called yeah. Angels with Even Filthier Souls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been smooching with my brother. You've been smooching oh, with another Ed, Frank moment. Gail, the kid with the gimpy leg. Mo. Um, Mo, yeah. yeah. So another Frank moment. I don't know if you guys caught it. When they're in Paris and like they're all sitting around. Yep. yep. Frank pulls out the, <laughs> the shrimp 
and the lady that lives there the lady in paris who they're like his sister-in-law house yeah. is like yeah it's like frank those are for later and he's just like whatever and he just keeps completely on, like, ignores her and, <laughs> yep. yeah oh such he's, a cheapskate he's like you got money to buy another one yeah oh man <laughs> frank is the worst yeah he's such a putz oh speaking of that that movie right Mm-hmm. They had to have had some pretty impressive sound system for oh, that yeah. to be convincing enough as a as gunshot enough. fire, right? Yeah. yeah, right. Which I believe it because it was the '90s. They probably had some sweet setup, especially seeing how rich they were. Probably, yeah. Like they had a big old Good deck point. with like big old speakers, you know, huge yeah. like tree house. There's mm-hmm. four stories in their house, like. That's crazy. Yeah. That is pretty wild. Okay, here, here, here's the moment yeah. where we're oh. going to interject a little uh, random Wait. movie quote. Oh. Well, hold on. <laughs> Taylor's got to talk about his things first. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Hey, you guys were going to leave me behind. <laughs> no, just... Well, I remembered you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks, Nathan. I forgot. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> were you done, Curtis? I, I wasn't oh, sure no, if you I'm were done. done yeah. your... right. Okay. Um, so I didn't, I didn't write down tons, um, but I had a lot of thoughts while I was watching it. I'll share just a few things that, that I wanted to share. First of all, um, I love and have always loved the moment when, um, the music transitions from, uh, from like, I can't remember exactly, sort of like the sweet sound. And then it's like, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. he says like, "This strikes, is my house." I have to defend. Yeah. How mm-hmm. it just like changes so quickly? Like, I think it's right after the church scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like the music, the way it kicks in right there. I think like John Williams. That was a brilliant transition that like matches perfectly with the the scene. And like the music almost reminds me of like uh, the Carol of the Bells, you know, like right. like, uh, the, the Mannheim, like Mannheim Steamroller Steam one. It, or It almost sounds or, like, uh, too, the, the, the bassy notes on that transition might be the same pitch as the church bell as it's chiming that it's 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I always, I've always loved that. Um, and I just oh, think how many like, I kind guys, of look forward to it every time I watch. How many of you guys yeah. counted how many clock strikes there were or how many bell strikes there were to I try didn't. and figure out what time it was? I did in that scene. Oh, I did not. Yeah, and there was eight, right? There were eight. Yeah, so he had an hour. <laughs> he did all that house. preparation in an hour. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he yeah. cooked himself dinner. Yeah, well, in the yeah microwave, and he had to run home. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's that's pretty okay, impressive. So anyways, okay. So anyway, music, the other thing I want to say yes. was, uh, yeah. So the music, obviously, I think we can all agree, a fantastic and timeless Christmas score. Um, I listen to it um, outside of the movie during Christmas. I'll just put that on. Um, I love somewhere mm-hmm. in my memory. The mm-hmm. second film has um, a great original track, just like somewhere in my memory. It's I have called, it. Do you uh, want Christmas it? Star? You want me to play it? I, I mean, I don't have Christmas the whole thing, time? but I have a little clip of it, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Because I, I loved it so much. Yeah. 
Ooh, that's so, so good. good. Uh, yeah, chills like nice. all down my I'm, body. Like, how do you? I want to ask John Williams this, but like, how do you create like two super magical like Christmas themes like that that are distinct from each other that create that feeling of mystical magic for Christmas? Like, I just I'm like, how do you do that? It's like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I love that. I'm ha- I'm happy to have that clip. Because I feel like everybody knows somewhere in my memory, but maybe not everybody would know about that track as well. And um, I wanted to add, if I could, there's another yeah. original song in this movie. Oh, um, is there? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where do I have it? Like a choir track like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It plays at the church. Yeah. It's right here. Oh, yeah. Because that's the theme of... That's one of the motifs in the movie. Yeah. But it's cool because it fits... It fits really well into the other... Like Carol of the Bells and stuff they sing in Oh Holy Night. That yeah. they sing at the church. But John Williams wrote that. And then like a lyricist Ooh. wrote those lyrics. That's amazing. Obviously, yeah, I would have thought that it was a real Me track, too. You know? I had no idea. And Obviously, I like I've never met the man... But um, we've been fortunate enough to attend two concerts at the Hollywood Bowl where he conducts. And when the orchestra stops, you know, he speaks between the numbers. And the Mm. sense that I get of his character, he's one of the most gracious people in the world. He just has incredible generosity to his very core and He's truly dedicated as a, as a person to his craft. You know, the last time we saw him was last summer, uh, summer of 2022. He was 90 years old. He conducted wow. this concert, which was at least an hour long, standing the whole time. He never stopped to sit down. Walks off stage and comes back for a three-number encore that was another 20 minutes. I mean, he's oh, just gosh. like a 90-year-old <laughs> doing he's something that most... Yeah, he's just phenomenal. So he's he's got something awesome. special, I'm sure. Um, and we're we're definitely gonna miss when he's gone. Every time I've seen yeah. an interview with him talking about a movie that he's in, like it, in this one, he's he the, the bit he was talking about. He was like, "I saw the movie and I was enchanted." Like he and he's he's always <laughs> like that. He's sincere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just gonna say I like how he works the theme of the that song we just listened to and the one from Home Alone too. Like you hear that later in the movie in like soundtrack without the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. So obviously it's we so go on all day about his soundtracks. Yeah. And his music that he's written. Um a few other things I wanna say is Macaulay Culkin was actually ten during during this movie or close to 10, maybe nine at the time of the filming. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the difference between an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old is pretty significant. His his little brother, yeah. um, who stars in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kieran, that's his name. Uh, he was eight at the time. So I okay. feel like we were talking about how mature and witty um, he is yeah. in there. I'm like, I find it hard to believe that he's an eight-year-old, um, even though he's supposed to yeah. be an eight-year-old. I wonder what their reasoning behind saying he was an eight-year-old versus a 10-year-old was. Yeah, I don't know. But that makes sense because like... Eight eight is little, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Fuller, like Zadie is eight, but Angela is ten, and I could believe Angela actually doing some more of those things than I can believe Zadie doing right. those things. Exactly, because there's like because there's quite a bit of difference between those two. But, yeah. Maybe uh, the other thing I wanted to say. Oh, oh sorry, Curtis, go ahead. No, no, I, I, it's nothing. Oh, I'm just throwing out some random uh, facts that that I learned. Um, so there's. There's a part um, when they're in the Scranton airport, which is a nice... Yeah. Every, yeah. Everybody who likes The Office <laughs> likes that. <laughs> um, where am I now? And of course, Scranton. that's where it meets John Candy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I I saw an article a while ago that was like... Basically, it was like, there's a theory out there that uh, Elvis didn't die, right? Uh-huh. And apparently in that scene, while she's talking to the, the person who works for the airport... Um, there's a guy in the background who people were saying that's Elvis. He's like in line. <laughs> I've heard him. that before. Yeah, mm. and um, in the article, basically someone from his family, the actor, his family reached out and was like, "That's not him. That's my father." And then the article was just about this random guy who was a background actor. <laughs> it's just he's like, <laughs> "Why are people talking about me?" Um, so yeah, I just thought that was a funny. <laughs> Little, little fact. Yeah, he looks like the um, guy from uh, Home Improvement. I think. Yeah, he kind of does. Oh. Yeah. The, Al. Um, assistant Al. Al. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No. Um, I think that's about all I was gonna say. Um. Oh, I was gonna say two things. Is that I think it's funny that this is such a iconic Christmas movie. I was like, it doesn't have like that much to do with Christmas, right? you mm-hmm. think about it mm-hmm. it's like the second one does it takes place during christmas yeah the second yeah. one does it takes place during christmas you know he's decorating the tree um they're obviously going on like a christmas vacation but it's just funny how little well i i think it, it actually do does i think it does just actually on a deeper level because like one of the yeah. themes of the movie is a reconciliation mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. kevin becomes reconciled to his family and Marley gets reconciled reconciled to his family. Um, and I think that is probably one of the closest themes about Christmas thematically. But what I like about it is it's not like slamming you in the face with it. Yeah. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to say, maybe not quite as overt as some of the other yeah, Christmas sure. yeah. films. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I want to say is we all think of, when we think of Home Alone, we all think of like the pranks that he does, right? But as Nathan was mm-hmm. pointing out earlier, like the majority of this movie is not that. That's like the final act of the movie. Mm-hmm. But the majority of it is like there's so much more. There's like all this setup. There's you know, yeah, just like getting to know the characters. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's why I think that's why we like it so much is because it doesn't just show these like holiday uh, hijinks pranks that he does hijinks. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a real story about like real humans and like their feelings and like Kevin's feelings and his his mom trying to get home to him. Yeah. So it's like I think that's sort of, sort of why it has lasted so long and become everybody's go to or one of everybody's go to Christmas yeah. movies. So. Yeah. So and, well, not only that, but like to go along with that real quick. Um, this movie, I don't know if it was the first to do like this kids against grown ups thing, 
but I feel like it was a major one anyways because like there's other movies like the three ninjas i don't know if you guys remember watching that but oh, i remember yeah. watching that oh, yeah. at susan's house <laughs> yeah. um where that's like kids against adults you know and the kids winning um there's the one later on um the big liar or whatever or the big big fat the kid, liar yeah big fat liar you know but like i feel like why this one was so successful was like go along with what taylor said is it you know it wasn't just about that. It was about other things. And those other movies, it seems like focused mainly on that, you know? Yeah. And right. So this, this hike, this is so well written that it wasn't just about the pranks. And I know that's what everybody focuses on when they talk about it. You know, like Mythbusters did a thing about how badly these people would get beat up or how many times they would have died and stuff. But like, right. That's not the whole movie. Like mm-hmm. you said, that's just a part of it, but that's what everybody remembers. But like deep down, this movie was really well written and had some yeah. really good lines and had some really good um, sentimental um, and nostalgic moments. Yeah, so. really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like all the supporting characters too, like all the really small characters, like uh, the drivers. The guy's like, "Gee, kid, I don't know, we'll beat it." Like he has a lot of personality for. <laughs> five seconds on the screen and so does like so does santa's elf the the girl that took all the candy canes home to her boyfriend and santa who's on the screen for like two minutes mm-hmm. right like, uh, i store like clerk lady yeah yeah and the like kid that's like jimmy or you know jimmy i guess yeah. is his name. <laughs> jimmy shoplifter right. officer shoplifter. like everybody has every like all the supporting characters are really interesting and memorable yeah mm-hmm. Well, and you're seeing them through Kevin's eyes, yeah. which I think is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of important. I guess this movie kind of, like Nathan was saying, it makes, when you're a kid and you watch this, it makes you feel, because you obviously relate with, with Kevin, so it makes you feel important. Like you're, yeah. like you can take on, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. people breaking into yeah. your house during Christmas. So there yeah. are a lot of a lot of things that, you know, we like about this movie now through the lens of, of being an adult, but I wanted to mention some of the ones that made me love it or that impacted me as a kid. Oh yeah. Did you so, want to do your bit, Josh, or do you want to do that after? Sorry. We'll do it. Well, maybe we'll do it another time. I don't, I don't know if it's ready yet. Okay. Um, this movie among a, a handful of others really made me like pizza Oh yeah, <laughs> this one uh, yeah. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always we never. I don't remember if we had when whenever we had mac and cheese, it was the store brand from a box. Right. And I always thought having it where you could warm it up in the microwave would have been so cool. Mm-hmm. And then I was so mad that he never got to finish eating it because he yeah. has to go start fighting the bad guys. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I loved the his bad drawing. guys were very prompt too. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the drawing was was super cool, and I loved that he used micro machines as one of the deterrents. To I remember well, specifically they that too. Oh, did we lose somebody? Did we lose Josh. No, no, I'm I'm still here. I oh. thought Nathan was saying oh. more. Oh. Oh no! I just said they mentioned the micro machines at the very start. Like the dad was like, "Kevin, you need to clean up your micro machines because 
Yeah. So oh, yeah, step right. on them. Or before she breaks her back or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Josh, you were saying? And uh, the other thing that I loved as a kid that we've already talked about was the music. Yes. Oh, yeah. it, it felt like action music when when the when the right. scene trend, uh, when the change happened. Yeah. Right. I would say it has a certain quality to to it that um, like Jurassic Park has or uh, The Shadow, where it's like it, that's that's not a movie for kids or anything, but like it's a it's a movie I saw when I was a kid that I didn't feel like I wasn't allowed to see, but it was like right on the edge. Like this, maybe not quite as much, but it has some actual like scary moments and some actual like kind of heart, really tug at your heartstring moments. Like when the bad guys finally catch up to him and they're like, we outsmarted you this time. All the music cuts away and they're just in the kitchen and they're just telling him how they're going to like mutilate him. You know, that's terrifying. (laughs) And like the basement was scary when I was a kid. I like that it's... It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't like pander to children. It's not just a bunch of stupid hijinks and nothing else. Like, yeah, it's. I see what you're saying, Curtis. It's. It's not like. It's not too sweet, right? It's like. Yeah, it takes, or too stupid. It takes kids serious. Yeah. Seriously, almost like Jumanji or something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that probably reflects the ethos of uh, John Hughes. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably. true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And it takes itself seriously, I think. And that includes the music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, this podcast is called In Case You Forgot About. And yeah. nobody's forgetting about no one's forgetting Home Alone. About Home Alone. But you might <laughs> but, have forgot uh, about Home Alone 3. You might, <laughs> you have, might have forgot about... <laughs> you might have forgotten about some really good gems from this movie, including uh, a certain list. Huh. Is this what you're talking about? You're not at all worried that something might happen to him. <laughs> no, for three reasons. A, I'm not that lucky. Two, we have smoke detectors. And D, we live in the most boring street in the United States of America, where nothing even remotely dangerous will ever happen. Peer- also, <laughs> <laughs> the little chop could use a few uh, days in the real two. world. <laughs> right. A, dude. A, yeah. Dude. yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, do you guys have lines that you quote all the time from various movies? Oh. You know, like you have like your repertoire that you quote from. Oh yeah, from do this we? movie. I feel like Wait, of... did you you ask that as a question? Are you talking about well, this movie specifically? <laughs> no, no, I, I mean in, in general. And oh obviously yeah. Obviously, I know the answer. Yes. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of the ones. <laughs> Not the A2D, but the the little chump can use a few days yeah. in the real world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like so unreasonable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> any, every time I so, like find a new quote too in any movie, that I'm like, that is hilarious. How did I never pick up on that yeah. before? I'm so excited to add it to the repertoire. <laughs> I wish I was better at remembering quotes because you guys quote them all the time. But like I watched this movie and I was writing down quotes left and right. Mm-hmm. like just that. absolute gems but then i never remember them to use them in my everyday life but it's you guys managed to do that and it's a talent it's a talent it's a talent, it's a talent. 
That's, a, that's one of them. <laughs> See, I don't you got to give one. yourself a little bit of credit. You don't know that one, Ted? Um, Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Oh. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay, nice. Here's one um, I really like. Um, you what the French call les incompetents. What? <laughs> what? It's, what? Yeah, it's like that's yeah. It's not like what did you say? It's like, are you stupid? Who yeah. gives a sh? You know, there's so much. Or, you're such a disease. Yeah. What? Yeah, you're such a disease. So one of the quotes that we Amanda what, what and I sometimes share is from uh, a segment at the end of the movie when John Candy is, is speaking to Kevin's mom. Yeah, here. Is this the one you're talking about? Yeah. You know, you're, you're beating yourself up there, you know. Come on, this happens. This thing happens, you know. Yeah. Gee, you, 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 you want to talk about bad parents? Look at, look at us. I mean, we're on the road 48, 49 weeks out of the year. We hardly see our families. Uh, you know, Joe over there, gosh, you know, he, he forgets his kids' names half the time. Ziggy over there, he doesn't even, he's never even met his kid. Eddie. Let's just hope none of them write a book about him. <laughs> tell me, have you ever gone on vacation and left your child home? No. No, but I did leave one at a funeral parlor once. Yeah, it was, uh, it was terrible, too. You know, I was all distraught and everything, you know, the wife and I. We left the, the little tyke there in the funeral parlor all day. All day, you know, when we went back at night, when, you know, when we came to our senses, and there he was. Apparently, he was there alone all day with a corpse. <laughs> yeah, he was okay, you know, after six, seven weeks. And I came around, started talking again. Uh, but he's okay. You know, they get over it. Kids are resilient. Like Kids are so, resilient. We say that all the time. We're like, kids are resilient. Kids are resilient. Like that. You know, he six, was okay. You know, weeks. six, seven weeks. Started talking again. Yeah. Um, and she's like, yeah. And then like, yeah. Oh, you brought it up. Police officer. Oh yeah, um, we talked about him crisis, in sneakers, right? Family or... crisis guy. Yeah. Larry oh, no, we talked about him in the shadow. We got him too. Yeah. Yeah. Village Police Department. Yeah, hi, look. I'm calling from Paris. I have a son who's home alone. Our phone's there out of order, so I'd like somebody to go over to our house, tell him that we're coming home to get him. Okay, let me connect you with family crisis intervention. No, it's not a family crisis. Ho hold on. Larry, can you pick up? There's some lady on hold. Sounds kind of high. Larry line, Rose. Uh, two. Family crisis intervention, Sergeant Balzac. I'm calling from Paris. I have a son who's home alone. Has a child been involved in a violent altercation with a drunken and or mentally ill member of his immediate family? No. Has he been involved in a household accident? I don't know. I don't... I, I, I hope not. Has the child ingested any poison and or any other object from lodged in his throat? No, he's just home alone. And I'd like somebody to go over to the house and see that he's all right, just to check on him. You want us to go to your house just to check on him? Yes! Are you connected with the police department? No, they just transferred to you. Rose! Rose. Yeah. Hyper on Hyper two. On Hold on, please. No, please don't hang up. Please don't. The piece of his donut falls on the mouthpiece. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we—I know that we haven't mentioned it yet, but there is some iconic like voice 
acting and stuff in this yeah. movie and some yep. iconic screams. But I love Catherine O'Hara's delivery at this point. She's like, no, 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 please don't hang up. And then, uh-huh. like, she's just sitting there and she's like, pick up, pick up, pick up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Somebody> better pick <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Very believable. That's Very so exacerbated <laughs> parent. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin has some really good screams, too. Like, yeah. the mirror screams, those are so good. <laughs> when he puts that stuff mm-hmm. on his face. Yeah, twice. Yeah. <laughs> or when Which like shouldn't do anything to gets, him. Yeah. Or when he almost gets hit by the shave. van. Uh oh yeah. Yeah. It comes right up to his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that was part of, that was a funny part because uh Harry is like, I don't like the way that looked at that kid looked at me. Like, why is he so scared? And I was like, You're too kind of Deviant looking creepy adult guns. men driving <laughs> yeah, creepy guys yeah. driving a creepy van and you're following him? <laughs> yeah. Closely. <laughs> Close very closely. Very conspicuously. Slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Suspiciously. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we have uh oh we have Marv's. That's right. Yeah. Which we also mentioned this in the shadow episode. For yes. any listeners that have listened to that, uh by the time this one comes out. But and uh I think you said, and I think I, we would all agree, this is the best scream in any movie. Just as a single scream, yeah, this takes maybe. the cake. Yeah, here we go. I got you! I got him, Harry! I got him! Harry, get up! Give me a hand! Great suspense in the music. Keep playing oh. past the music run. Okay, hold on. I'll have to put it into the player. doing Marv. <laughs> Harry, don't move. Marv? Don't move. Marv, what are you doing? Marv. Pesci delivers the ble- like the best non swear words like yes, yes. Uh-huh. which I think I heard some about that once because he's very famously famous for swearing in movies. He's like Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, like in Goodfellas and stuff. Uh, but I don't remember exactly what it was, and 
I might be remembering something that isn't true, but I think it's true that like they were like, you can't swear in this movie. And I think it was his idea to do like the, you know, where he's not swearing, but like, it sounds like he is like really clever stuff. Cause I'm like, you can't really understand what he's saying. Can't really make it out, but he could be saying horrible things. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like it's not like he's trying not to swear. He's just so frustrated that like he can't get them all out at once. But they're all trying to come out at the same time. Like every <laughs> obscenity he could possibly think of. <laughs> oh, um, well, great. I was reading some facts about this and, and it said that Joe Pesci, he struggled with that. And oh, yeah. a few F-bombs can, were dropped during <laughs> filming. <laughs> and... <laughs> But I guess Columbus I suggested that he uses that he used fridge instead. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> and I like how it's like a string of of you know unintelligible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and apparently um, Daniel Stern he says shit at one point. Yeah, I, I caught. And on it to wasn't that. it wasn't supposed to be there, but That's they didn't funny. take it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I can't remember when it is. It's when he goes up to listen in or something and he plays Angels of Filthy Souls. Isn't that it? I think it's when he he tries to retrieve his shoe through the doggy door. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, hey, somebody swore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, one thing that I did want to point out about the booby traps and it's not about the booby traps themselves, but I mean, these guys got hit in the can with paint cans. Um, they fell down the stairs, concrete stairs multiple times, you know, all that. And the thing that takes them out is a shovel to the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. After Harry like, has a hot that? iron slam him in the face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a crowbar to the chest. No, but nope. a snow shovel to the face out, you know, mm-hmm. like, and hey, maybe he really was so the South Bend shovel slayer. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he was. He turned his. It's like Creed being the Scranton Strangler. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's, that's what true. him and his son were fighting about. Dad, you got to stop murdering yeah. all these people. <laughs> what is your favorite gaffe that they uh, face? Like, what's your favorite moment when they get whacked or? Mine. Oh, it's got to be the crowbar for me. Nice. It's a good one. Yeah, I love that part. I guess that's not that's not something that Kevin did, though. Um, I would have to say probably the iron to the face. Or the most painful looking the, to me is the, the nail, nail in the foot. <laughs> the way it's shot, it like slowly oh. lowers down. Oh. And the sound. Yeah. Yeah. I... I really like when he lights his head on fire. Yeah, I love the blowtorch <laughs> scene. Yeah. Or uh, when he shoots him in the head with the BB gun. It's That's just like my favorite. A... <laughs> yep. Morph! Harry? Why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> I'm up here, you morph! <laughs> Uh, Why the hell are you just like a chicken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love mine's probably the BB gun. Like he's like hi when they like peek their head through the doggy door. <laughs> yeah, the BB gun. And they both fall for it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the BB gun, I made oh, a note BB of this. That BB gun's friggin' awesome. Yeah. A pump Where do you get a BB gun? gun? Yeah, Where do you get a pump, pump action, action BB awesome. gun? It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I thought that too. Realistically, he would have had a, you know, one of the like a Red Rider. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I wonder I'm... if that's like actually a real BB gun or if it's just a movie prop one, you know, like it was made more dramatic by having it pump action. Yeah, maybe, you know, oh. it's way better, though. Like, yeah, if it had just been a Red Rider, you know, I don't think we'd be talking about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other. This is totally uh, out of left field. But. This movie released in 1990, so the filming would have been probably the year before. Mm -hmm. And they're in Chicago or the Chicago area. Buzz has a poster of Michael Jordan, and he also has that cutout stand. The Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, didn't win their first championship until 1991. Yeah. But Hmm. Michael Jordan, and, and so Michael Jordan wasn't like a nationwide household name. At that, like until they they won their first championship, but yeah. he would have been a big star locally. So I thought that was a nice touch too. He w- he joined the Bulls in like eighty nice six, didn't he? Eighty four. Oh, eighty four. And he was noted as being a flamboyant player, yeah, and a great scorer and all of that. But right. they didn't start really doing better as a team uh, until like eighty eight, eighty nine, and then they didn't win their first championship until. 91. But it makes sense that, like, in Chicago, he would have, like, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, you would have been like, dude, this guy is so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, So I figure this is a good enough time to mention my product placement. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm sure you guys all noticed the Frito-Lay's Crunchy Gators, Mm -hmm. like, everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, like he's eating those when he's watching Angels with Filthy Souls, and yep. he's also eating them later somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but um, the other thing is Pepsi. Yes, easy like, on the Pepsi. Oh, yeah. But what I find interesting is that Frito Lay's and Pepsi are like owned by the like either Pepsi owns Frito Lay's or Frito Lay's owns Pepsi. I think it's Frito Lay owns Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, which owns Taco Bell, so, KFC. Which is why you don't have the the Frito Lay crunchy Gators and then a Coke, you know, right. that would be conflicting mm-hmm. or whatever. So that is a definite mm-hmm. product placement, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just there because that was a snack at the time. Like that's a product placement that they probably got paid for right. to have in the movie. Well, I'd rather be drinking a Pepsi than or a Pepsi product than a Coke product. Unfortunately, not to <laughs> diss on Coke. It's just Pepsi has Mountain Dew and. I love Mountain Dew. And that brings yeah. us to our sponsor, Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew. When you want a refreshing <laughs> citrus drink, choose Mountain Dew. <laughs> which makes Hashtag me, not mad. Which makes me think of yeah. uh, Wild America. Good old Mountain oh, Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a... But that was... Oh, go ahead. That was like the only product placement besides like a sports team or something that I noticed in this yeah. one. Um, I didn't notice if there was yeah. like a specific brand on the milk or the detergent. I think there was, but I don't know if it was made up brand or not. Well, there were the vehicles. The vans were Ford. Um, 
that picked oh, him up yeah. and took him to the airport. But you mentioned the Chrysler for the pizza guy. Yeah, the, and um, then the, the bad guy stand was a Chevy. Is... Or no, it was a Dodge. And then Santa, the Santa was driving, guy is driving an old Honda. Honda. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Tic Tacs, maybe. Yep. Tic Tacs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of them. You don't need candy if you have Tic Tacs. Yeah. Did, but I oh, like that he makes. Did anybody effort. look up? Did anybody look up to see if that pizza was actually like no. a local pizza place? I wanted to, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I I've always like wanted Nino's? to try Little Nero's little and Nero's. Pizza Planet. You have to pay for your pizza, sir. <laughs> fair to fair, how much do I owe you? <laughs> oh man. Um. Um, there's apparently a, a pizza place in Chicago that serves, the, I guess, I don't know if they're called Little Nero's, but basically it's like, it's featured and sort of supposed to remind you of, of the movie. It's called Little Little Nero's Pizza. Hmm. Interesting. So, there are oh, Little Nero's Street Pizza. Yeah, it says Little Nero's Pizza was a pizza shop and restaurant in the Chicago area. The store initially offered Pepsi Cola, whilst a year later offered Coca Cola. Hmm. Oh, the pizza place in Spider Man Two with Tobey Maguire is a real pizza place. I don't. I just oh. remembered that I knew that. So I wonder if Little Nero's became a lot bigger after this movie. Oh, probably. It'd be interesting to see like their sales figures or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well. It- I'm seeing that it says it's a fictitious business, but I don't know. Who knows? Oh. Who knows how words are formed? Apparently, you can. Apparently, you can get now at little at Easy Street. You can get a Little Nero's pizza box. Hmm. Interesting, so. but it's not called Little Nero's. Uh, as we're sitting here talking about pizza, I'm oh, remembering the scene. Business. Yeah, I'm remembering the scene in the movie and. Um, when they're in the kitchen and everyone's sitting around the table, Kevin's mom comes downstairs on a set of stairs that's only in the kitchen. Weird. It's not the same stairs as the one that is in the entryway. But I don't know that we ever see any action up or down those stairs. And Hmm. that makes me wonder if it was the the set. That was probably the set. There's two sets of stairs. Um, I didn't, I, I don't think the one that I noticed was in the kitchen, but there's a main one. And then there's another set of stairs that's in another shot later on. But if there's also one in the kitchen, that would mean that there was three sets of stairs. Well, it's 5,400 square feet, 10 bed, two, six bath house. (laughs) So, so it's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit here. Um, while we're, I think we're finishing up here, I would say. I think so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got three movie trivia facts from this movie, but one of them is a lie, and I want you guys and listeners can try as well. Try and guess which one is the lie. Sounds, Sounds like good. fun. Okay. okay, so number one, Macaulay Culkin's stunt double was a very short 30-year-old man. <laughs> uh, John Hurd revealed... In a 2014 interview, this was the guy who played his dad, Kevin's dad, that Macaulay Culkin still mm-hmm. calls him dad. 
And number three, director Chris Chris Columbus's biggest fear as a kid was burglars. It's part of why he wanted to make this movie. So which one is the lie? All right, I think I have my guess. Okay. Yeah, I have my answer. Yeah, I've got mine. Okay, Josh, what do you say? I've got mine. I think the lie is the first one. The first one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Nathan? I think it's the last one, uh, that he was afraid of burglars as a kid. Okay. <laughs> I actually thought it was the second one. So. Well, <laughs> Taylor is correct. Woohoo! Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, I mean, winner. these are all according to IMDb trivia. So, I mean, anybody can write those in, I think. But anyway, so, I mean, they might not all be true, but I'm pretty sure they're true. The second one is actually the uh, Catherine O'Hara. He still calls her mom, which makes more sense. So I just, oh, that that's sense. why it sounded like a real fact, it. because I just tweaked it a little bit. There you go. Yeah, we should we should include mm. one of those every time. That's kind of fun. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, yeah. I you just want to win every time. Too. Yeah. No, you I mean, can do it. it. Really good, I just okay? thought of it. <laughs> I feel really great. So, um, one other thing I wanted to do uh, on our on Spotify, P, uh, listeners can ask questions about the movie, or and they can respond mm-hmm. to a question that we put up in the question we put up for sneakers part one. Um, said, what did you think about this episode? And Salvador Zuniga said, this movie's over three decades old, so the spoiler warning is is comical. Your perspectives and conjectures were well thought out, thought out building on each other's thoughts. Well, who has watched the film the most? Uh, sneakers. So I just wanted to answer oh, him. Oh, I, I, I would say probably I Josh me. or Nathan. I, it's probably not me. I've seen it probably like 10 or 12 times. Yeah, I've probably I... seen it at least 15 times. Yeah, I've probably seen it about 10 yeah. times, I'd say. I've probably seen it about 10 times. Okay, there it is. I Josh remember is watch word. as a young teenager, I, I often watched it alone. Yeah. Like I, I watched it myself alone at least twice. Okay. As a teenager. Nice. Well, there you go, Sal. Um, yeah, thanks for asking the question. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate feedback. Um, yeah. uh, well, anyway, so I to, forgot what I was going to say. To round out the Should we wrap up this episode. Wrap then? up this episode. Yeah. To go along what? with that, Josh, I, I said I saw something um, recently. I'm sure it was all clickbait on the internet, you know. But I just read like the headline and the little synopsis really quick instead of actually going into the article. But it talked about how movies are becoming just more on streaming services lately um, and people don't have like physical copies. And it was like one one of the famous movie um, producers or whatever talked about how these physical copies of these movies that we have are going to be worth so much to us later on because it's actually a physical copy and it's not just something that gets, you know, like thrown yeah. away or taken mm-hmm. off the internet and it made me like think about like movies and how like the pandemic created such a big shift from movies being in the movie theater to mm-hmm. being like exclusively on streaming services and stuff and how sad that was cuz like it used to be that we would watch the movies at the movie theater, the theater. and then we would like yeah. wait 
like we would wait till we could get the DVD and watch it again. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, that movie looks good. Oh, it's on Apple TV and I don't have Apple TV. So I'm never going to be able to see that movie now, I guess. Right. You know, or it's exclusively on Paramount or whatever. And I, I'm just hoping that, and it probably yeah. won't, but I'm just hoping that that shift changes where it comes back to movies being in theater again. And... I saw that too, Nathan. And I think, uh, I'm hoping that too. And I, to be optimistic, I think it will because I think more and more people are realizing they like physical media, mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing I saw. They were talking about like they, they, like came to the realization that the future of movies kind of looked like that. They'd never thought about that before, but like that's all it's going to be is like, well, which streaming platform is it on right now? And I have to look it up and try and, you know, well, and it's, it's not just that like services can take them off because they don't want to have to service yeah. the um, yeah. royalties, and, which is like, it's sometimes right. I like streaming platforms. It's not like they're wholly sure bad, but it, I really cherish the movies that I physically own. Well, and yeah. there's also something and, to and like, go to theater. Xander and I have been watching and videos theaters, yeah. on hard copy because we just don't want to worry about a streaming delay. <laughs> yeah. and sign Like if it's one we have, also, we're like, why not? Like yeah. Brett was Brett was listening to our podcast and he wanted to watch Sneakers, which I was surprised he had never seen it before. Which right. that was but, awesome. I was I'm, like, we got somebody yeah, to I want to watch so this movie. Awesome. We inspired someone. But what was yeah. sad... <laughs> Was that he couldn't find it anywhere? Oh, that sucks. You know, like you're not gonna be able to find every movie on a streaming service, and like movie theater, like rent, movie rental places, they're all but gone. Yeah. Um. So it's just, I hope that things change, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. it does take a shift of thinking. And I think that that's like one of the cool things about this podcast is it gets you thinking about movies and why they're so great. And I'm sure we're going to do some eventually that, you know, will be exclusively on streaming or whatever. Like, it's just yeah. inevitable if we keep this mm-hmm. up for long enough. But well, I really like, hope that there's a shift. This one, this one would be, but it's more widely seen anyway, you know. Yeah. All right. So we should probably then, are we going to do final thoughts or did we kind of already hit all of our final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think we could do final thoughts. So whoever wants to go first, I'll go last. Um, Taylor, you go first. Taylor, you there? Asps, very dangerous. You go first. Did we lose Taylor? That was a Raiders quote. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I see Taylor on the list. Repair is on. Oh, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Now we can. Yeah. You're much louder. Okay, so my headphones died. Oh, gotcha. I'm going to oh. turn you down a little oh bit. How's that? But hopefully my audio is all right. It's all right. Okay. Yeah, for at least this last clip. Final yeah. thoughts, huh? Oh, well, my final thoughts are yeah. just that I love this movie and it's a it's a classic. It's a classic Christmas. Um it's beloved by everyone, and it's easy to see why. So, I don't know. I I don't have much to say. I've kind of said everything I wanted to say. All right. Okay. Cool. Josh? I have this thing 
because I lived in France for a time that any movie or even a portion of it takes place in France, I just seem to like it better. And this one ostensibly has a small part where it takes place in France, but I loved it as a kid. I loved Kevin's autonomy and independence, fighting the bad guys. And now as an adult, I laugh more and love the layering and the <laughs> terrible behavior of Frank, the uncle, <laughs> and the way Kevin gets picked on. And it's just a delight to watch over and over. Yeah. Okay. Nathan? Um, so what I love about this movie, I think yes it's a nostalgic movie like taylor said that everybody kind of loves and it's a classic but i love how the movie makes you feel and the music is a big part of that like it gives you like this christmasy feeling and i think that's just because of like the christmas music and stuff and like the fact that it is snowing and around christmas time and stuff but like it just has a good feel about a mo about it it's a fun movie um it makes you feel good watching it um makes you think about you know your family and stuff like that but like i don't know it's just got a good feel and as an adult watching it now especially after watching it this time and noticing all these other things it's just a very well written movie there's so many good lines in it and there's so many like clever things that they put in there and now knowing that it was written by like the same people who did like christmas vacation and stuff like that it makes sense um, but I just think that this movie is a classic because of all those things, all those elements. Um, it, you know, obviously if it's a Christmas movie, people are going to watch it around Christmas time, but this one, I feel like all those other things added up to be a better movie than just a Christmas time movie. Mm. And I think that it's easily one of those movies that you can watch over and over and over again for the rest of your life and not get sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, it's a classic. Uh, I think making Christmas movies that are timeless is a real art form that I think is forgotten. Sometimes I know a ton of work went into making this movie. And it was a, an original like goal of the director that it be timeless. And uh, you can see that. And that's apparent in something like Elf, too. Um, mm -hmm. That I think... Uh, not just... Like, there are a lot of Christmas movies I love. And some of them aren't objectively that wonderful movies. But I would talk about them all day about the reasons I love them. But this one is actually, like, exceptional and timeless and... Um, and it's, yeah, like you said, it's hilarious and it's just a good time. And you, st but even in like enjoying it and laughing at the hijinks and laughing at the funny lines, there's also a very heartwarming, uh, bit of undertones of different themes of, you know, reconciliation and familial relationships and stuff. And that I think add the depth that, yeah, like Nathan was saying, makes this like stand apart from some of the rest. Uh, so anyway. Okay. That'll about do it. Well, that's Home Alone. That's 1990. Home Alone. Check it out.
Yeah. And if it. you haven't seen it, then what have you been doing? <laughs> what the heck are life? you doing? What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and if you have seen it, go and watch it again. Like, pay attention, like, to all these little things that we've talked about, because they will bring new life to the movie. So in case you forgot about Home Alone, go and watch it again. You owe it to yourself. And rediscover just what this story, as well as other stories, can do to bring you happiness, to bring you adventure, stories, characters, music, and joy. Rediscover why it is that you love these movies in the first place, and share them with others. closely. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Shall we play again? Even though you've been raised as a human being, you are not one of them. The scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. What I'm about to do, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. It is a gut feeling. There's the next mission. Because you're the son of a clerk! Nothing else. I'm not supposed to want to be you. You're stupid. Not does not simply walk into more problem solved. You should save the good things in life. More of a problem eliminator. I gotta get my tool. Come on, man. We were just about to get along. Yeah. They stabbed it, didn't they? The uh, arrangement. Those damn Gideons. It's changing. Watch your top knot. What are you drawing about? It's changing. The moment there, I was already forgetting your name. You start down this path. Where does it end? My logic is undeniable. As a matter of fact, there is no arrangement. It ends when we've won. There's things in here don't react too well to watch. I didn't kill my wife! We're using our own satellites against us. I don't care! The clock is ticking. I may not make an honest buck, but I'm 100% American. And I don't work for no two-bit Nazi. He's my son! We're gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm the commander! Yeah! Happy birthday, kid. That wasn't Joe Deerjay. Hi, he's beautiful. I like his hair. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I only know what I can do. Do you really want to jump? Do you want a Coliseum? That's fine. Oh, you should see the Coliseum, Spanish. Perfect. Do it again. Oh, Tumblr? Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. Yeah, man, I thought you were from. Get out of the car, man! We're all free now. Now, we have to hope they never met. Hope is not a strategy. You must be new. This is serious. To fly apart. Firebox. We don't come back from this. That's a general idea. I thought a guy with a flare gun. Cool. It's not possible. No. It's necessary. I knew it. What's this, like coke? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wrong clear, kid. Now let's it. Dodge this. What are you doing? Knocking. Rocky Mountains is the marrow of the world. 
By God, I was right. It was a great game. Gandalf, my old friend. I enjoyed it. So did I. This will be a night to remember. Miracle. Are you going to be all right? Are you a sucker? What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to be all right. Kid, you can drive. So who do I leave in charge? Stand, leave, yell, next. There you go. He, he can't read. That's not possible. Tell them that he believes it. Come on, Zero. Getting out of here. If you know so much, why don't you tell me why I should keep driving? Sorry, that's for you to figure out. I just hope when you do, that I'm there to see it. Tell Catherine this brought me luck. I will. I'll be seeing you around. We'll play again sometime. Dr. Jackson? Oh no. To live. To live would be an awfully big adventure. I never said thank you. And you'll never have to. Indiana. Your future hasn't been written yet to make it a good one. Both of you. You're gonna miss all this good stuff when you retire.